0: This episode of the Kettle and Cup podcast is brought to you by us as, rightfully so, we currently have no sponsors. I'll get to that in just a little bit. Let's get things started. Hey there, this is Alex, and welcome to the Cattle and Cup podcast. Now, I started this podcast out about a year ago, this last May, and my goal with this podcast was to get people into the studio and interview them, and what they had in common was pretty much I knew them, or wanted to know them, and wanted to sit down and talk with them, get to know them better, and allow you to get to know them better. It's been fun, but it's not been terribly easy. A lot of what I've been using as far as equipment is concerned is pretty archaic. And the post-production has been pretty grueling. However, that's all about to change. Well, it has changed. I did pick up a new sound device's MixPre 3. I had used the MixPre 6 for a little while. It was lent to me by good friend of mine, Chris Middlestead. Now I'm using the MixPre-3. I don't need more than three channels. I think that the audio quality is excellent, and I also believe that it makes things a lot easier in the post-end as far as editing, stitching the whole thing together. Unfortunately, (laughs) the interview that's included with today's podcast was not recorded on a MixPre-3. So it's not going to sound as good as all of this. I get it. The Reedsburg Ridiculous Art Crawl 2019 is Friday, July 26th, so it was important for me to get this interview out into the world. Who did I interview? Well, the one and only Katie Schofield. It was a great time. She is really fun and smart and talented, super talented. So if you are going to the Ridiculous Art Crawl, and you are going to see Katie's art installation, here's my interview with Katie Schofield. Be aware that it was recorded (laughs) quite some time ago. And we do talk about a few things that have come to pass or not come to pass. I make no apologies about that now. It has taken me a long time to get the equipment together, to get the new podcast up. That being said, I hope that you enjoy it. Keep in mind that there are some changes ahead for the Kettle and Cup podcast. I'll get into that in more detail in a quick blast in the future. But between now and then, I hope that you enjoy this interview with Katie Schofield. You can control your own headphone level here. You're the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead and put those on. And then as far as the microphone is concerned, if you can have it, um, you know, kind of just under your lower lip, Mm um, and this is a release form, uh, essentially what the release form says is that you're responsible for any information that you put out there. So if you release any copyrighted information on the podcast, it's on you, not on me. And it also says that, um, I can use the podcast audio for whatever I want. So if you're cool with that, signature and date on the bottom, please. That's something I learned between this time and last time <laughs> when I was so doing what these kind before. kind of um, copyright stuff would you do? Did you, did you <clears throat> Let's say, for example, that you um, quote something that's uh, in print and you claim it to be your own or you don't give credit to whomever you're supposed to give credit to, that sort of thing. Um, with performers, uh, let's say that they perform a song that's not their own, then mm-hmm. they're responsible for that sort of thing. Thank you.
1: You're welcome.
0: And then um, um, that way if it gets flagged or something and somebody says, um, you know, hey, that's that's my work, then I have means in which to say, just go after Katie for it.
1: <laughs> can I make this like a little?
0: Where do you? Yeah, lower? sure. Sure. Go ahead. It's kind of tough, but no, nah, don't mess with it that way. Just, just pull it down a little bit. There
1: you that's go. A, yeah. Is that better? Yeah. Now don't live then with I, it if it's not. Then I can slouch a little and still.
0: Oh yeah, that's fine.
1: I don't like to sit up too straight.
0: <laughs> that's fine. So I want to get out on the table something that's been bothering me for. Over a year.
1: Have we started?
0: It's been going the whole time.
1: Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, go ahead.
0: Um, Like, I, I, it might have been two years now. Uh, It was October, and uh Fermentation Festival was happening, and I was with Jake and a uh, drummer at the time, Hans, and we were playing outside of Dre's bar. Do you remember this? Yep. Okay. You were walking by, and I don't know if you were with colleagues or family or just friends or whatever, and I said... We were busy when we were playing. And I said, hi, Katie, as you were quite a distance away. And you turned around and came back. Uh-huh. And I felt bad about that. And I still feel bad about this to this day. Because <laughs> um, it wasn't as though I didn't want to converse with you. But I felt bad because you were already so far away. Uh-huh. It would have been acceptable for you to just say, you know, hi, and yeah. keep going. And, it, you know, and and I was flattered that you did it. But then on the other hand, I felt like... Um, I felt like, uh, I felt so misogynistic, like, <laughs> get over here and talk to me, <laughs> you know? Uh,
1: and, I probably just thought, it was like, oh, my friend Alex saw me, let well, me go say hello.
0: Well, I, pre- I appreciate it, and, and there's, you know, a part of me that uh, is, is justifying it with that, you know, you're of your own free will, but then oh, there's yeah. another part of me that's kind of like you know how uh, what was my demeanor i could be sassy sometimes and i was thinking you know was i saying like you know get over here and so yes it's bothered me so and um due to the coffee shop being closed we see so little of each other anymore mm. um and are you are you on staff with fermentation fest anymore
1: i'm not no nope, i it's been
0: a while though right
1: uh i've worked with them in different capacities so the last time I was the detour coordinator was 2015 I believe yeah that's um but then two years ago on their off year I worked for them as a like event coordinator they did like a season of shows in the gallery Mm -hmm. and events surrounding that so I coordinated that and then last this past year I um kind of helped them in their transition until they hired a new person. So
0: I do remember seeing you on one of the days or or two right before the festival with the ladder and the yellow flags a couple of years ago. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah.
0: So, um I'm still
1: involved.
0: Well, it's a great thing to be involved in. Yeah. I think uh, it was Probably fermentation festival would have been the reason how we had met at all. You had some work on display on the first route, mm-hmm. and I I don't know if you had a, a name for the installation, but we referred to it as the pods ourselves.
1: Yeah, I think I I think I called it uh, come what may, as kind of alluding to their kind of cocoon like form. Yeah, and also trying to just be a little bit vague and mysterious um but yeah they're they were pods pod like forms
0: but you also had small installations in that area too that were attached to the trees mm-hmm, yeah and 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 that was really that was really interesting to us because i remember that Lori kept saying those are part of this and i'm like no nah, i think those probably naturally grow here in this <laughs> i i I'm from Chicago, yeah. I don't know what grows on trees, and um, I, I can tell you, money doesn't. And <laughs> i I remember after that seeing some of your work where you continued to use um, different medium to make those. Uh, I don't know what you would call those. They almost look like coral to me.
1: Yeah, I yeah, I kind of reference different organic forms, so uh, like coral and beehives and. Um there's like some uh, like cliff swallow nests kind of mm. form. So. Sure,
0: sure. Yeah, that makes sense. It, yeah. it is a lot like that too. And the installation was was amazing and creepy all at the same time.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I was pretty proud of, of the creepy factor because up <laughs> until then, I feel like my work was typically described as cute. Hmm. Um. So I was happy to kind of move into a little bit into the creepy realm. (laughs) And you're not alone. Uh, Other people thought that the the little lichen fungus coral things were real. I think Hmm. because there were the two different elements, people saw the big pods as like, oh, that's the art and then were more confused by
0: I think it was um some it might have even been some time later that I had seen some work of yours online or maybe it was at the cocoonery and you had been using some of that. And it was, you know, there's a lot of I told you so stuff that happens in, in our family dynamic. And I showed Lori and she's like, I told you. <laughs> so it was really yeah. great. Um, So you say that some of your work up until that time was considered less dark, I guess. Uh-huh. So what got you going into this direction? How did let's 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 start where we can start. How did you get interested in art?
1: Oh, um, I've been making art probably i mean forever Mm -hmm. you know ever since i could draw um my mom still has some of my drawings from when i was really little um and i study you know i took some art classes in high school mostly like drawing and ceramics um and then yeah decided that i wanted to study that once i was in college um
0: where did you go to school
1: I went to school at North Park University, which is a liberal arts school on the north side of Chicago. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was a it was small department, but um, really great professors, and we had a small little community of makers. Um, so yeah, I it was kind of a general art degree, so I studied a lot of different things, um, but it wasn't really till I came to Wisconsin that I started making the forms that, that I've been making since then
0: correct me if i'm wrong you're from michigan yep and your family is still there they are most of them or all of them or
1: uh all of my immediate family um yeah i've got extended around
0: so that move to follow your dream to the liberal arts college in illinois that must have been a big thing for you
1: it was yeah it's hard to like remember the you know the weight of that or how big that was when I was 18, um, or 19, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think being, I, I knew I wanted to go to Chicago. Um, we, I'd, you know, gone on trips there with family and field trips and, you know, for me it was like the art town or the art city, you know? Sure. Um, so I knew I wanted to go there and, and North Park, the college was pretty small. So it felt like kind of a safe place within this like large scary place but I definitely well, remember feeling like pretty homesick and like what did I do <laughs> and you know but then I found my my community there
0: most people throughout their life have they have these goals or the, or they think that they have these goals or they have these ideas in mind and and they're kind of locked into making this happen and don't really think outside of that drive not saying that that's you specifically but I could understand where this was what you wanted to pursue this was a place where you could do it and it only seemed to make sense for you to go ahead and do that sort of thing it's still a pretty brave step
1: yeah yeah for sure and as, yeah aside from choosing to study art I don't think that there have been many like super straightforward like this is what I want and this is what I'm going for interesting uh times in my life I kind of have taken a more I'm not sure how to describe it a less conventional I guess way of uh (laughs) of uh pursuing the arts and um structuring my life
0: things are much more black and white when you're a child yeah. And once you start seeing outside of how things affect you specifically, a lot of people then start to gain some caution in how they move.
1: Yeah, I definitely I mean, I am a fairly cautious person, but I think I just um a lot of people in the arts, I think, you know, they go to college undergrad and then they go to grad and then they teach or um do some kind of commercial, you know, graphic design, or, I mean, this is the perception that I have in in my head. Sure. Um, and I guess I decided for a number of reasons, not, not to go down that path, um, and kind of pursue art while also, um, working full time for a living. Um,
0: when you were in high school you started to do you mentioned pottery so you started to do other artistic expressions besides just drawing at that point
1: those were just like the two art classes that my high school offered (laughs) so and I had done like my um my grandma on my mom's side was a, a potter my grandma on my other side was a painter um so I'd kind of grown up um doing all all of that with them um it wasn't until college that I started experimenting more and doing printmaking and um, sculpture and making books mm. and um, you know, kind of exploring other art, art uh, media.
0: How big was the town you grew up in?
1: Uh, it's about Reedsburg size, maybe a little bit bigger. I think like 12,000.
0: Hmm. Interesting. So the offering that they had at that time for art was pretty minimal, it sounds like. Yeah. So you had to do some exploration on your own. Yeah. Like finding like-minded people didn't happen until you got to college.
1: Yeah, I mean, my family is all creative, so um, we would, you know, make stuff together. Mm. Um, and I had, this is, like, a really good, like, memory uh, <laughs> game or something, trying to remember if I ma- who I made art with when I was younger. Yeah, I think I just made stuff and... My mom would make stuff, and my sister would make stuff, and
0: fortunate that you were in a position though where your family was encouraging that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was. I remember like driving in the car with my mom and kind of talking about going to college and what I was going to pursue. Because in high school, I I went to this um, math and science center. It was kind of separate from my high school, so I went there for half the day, and it was like an accelerated program. So I really focused on math and science when I was in high school. Um, And so all of my closest friends were pursuing that in college, working towards like a science or math degree. And so I was kind of a little bit questioning whether, you know, art was the right way to go. Like, what will I even do with this? It's not (laughs) really practical. And my mom was like, no, you should should do this. Like, uh, I think she said that she, you know, had wanted to do that, but kind of got, I don't know if her mom talked her out of it or she talked herself out of it. Um, Mm -hmm. So she went for art education, which she also really enjoyed. Um, But I think she was curious about what it would have been like to, to pursue art. So she, yeah, all, yeah, all of my family is very, very supportive of my crazy life.
0: It's so very interesting because so oftentimes parents are wanting their kids to be much more practical how is this going to help you in the real world, you know, yeah, and she went the other way
1: she did, yeah, yeah, they I think they just you know trusted that I knew what i what knew what I wanted and wanted me to follow my passion um, yeah, so yeah, I feel very fortunate to have had that experience
0: what was it like being a part of 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 worm farm and and the process in those early early days before things really started to blow up for him.
1: It's been very um, interesting to be to have been with it from the beginning. So I first came to Wisconsin ten years ago, which is kind of amazing. Um, back before the detour, uh, so I was an artist in residence in two thousand eight, um, and then worked with them um, managing the residency program for a couple of years and then and then the detour finally came so i was able to kind of be with them from like the very seed of the idea we did like a a proto detour we like to say like i think in 2009 where it was just like four stops i think kyle martin was out painting and some other people made some sculptures and um that first year when I did the installation, we just didn't know what to expect. You know, we just put it together and mm-hmm. um, a lot of other events that we had done, you know, very few people would come to. Sure, sure. <laughs> just, you know, a small town. Um, so we'd kind of had low expectations. You know, we do it because we love to do it. And um, if people come, that's kind of a bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we did the first detour and I can't remember the n- the number of people. It was like 2,000 or maybe mm-hmm. more, but um, so many people came, you know, compared to other things we'd done, and everyone loved it. You know, we still had the gallery space, and so that was open, and people would come in, having been on the detour, and were just like, <laughs> you know, just have it, having had such a great experience, and so it was really amazing to see something that you worked so hard on come to life and sure and have other people experience that so yeah it was it's been it's been yeah pretty amazing being a part of that
0: I remember them doing the puppet parades mm-hmm. um that was probably before the time that you were here. that was yeah and I remember my niece my oldest niece who was oh gosh it must have been sometime in the late 90s Taking her out there for i I don't know if she, I can't remember I think they were doing some sort of production that was going on in the Badger theater at the time. I don't remember what exactly was happening, but I remember that um my brother or my sister one of the one of her parents was unable to take her, so she asked me if I would give her a lift out there, and a couple of her her friends were were going out there and they were running through rehearsals and i the further and further out from the town that we got to go there i was like oh my gosh what, <laughs> what is happening uh-huh. out here and then the parades were happening and i don't know if those extended beyond maybe 4 years if even that it it again if it affected me based on on you know my my daughter or my niece or whatever that was my interaction with it and then in 2000 and 11 when we opened the shop we that was probably the second or third but one of the first really big
1: that was the first detour
0: yeah that was one of the first fermentation fest years and it was incredible I mean it's incredible now it's Mm -hmm, it's, it's, it's it's amazing now but but at that point it was incredible and it was amazing to us as we were just starting out, we had just opened up the shop the first weekend in October, so we were, wow. just, we were just weeks <laughs> open, and we were so encouraged by the people um, that, that the people that came to town because we thought, "Oh, this is great! These are the people that we wanted to reach." Unfortunately,
1: <laughs> <laughs> they were transient.
0: Yeah, and they were only they, they were, were only around a couple of weeks of the year, but. Yeah. Um, But we always did look forward to that. Yeah. I know that that it was a lot of work on your part, especially in, you know, 11, probably 11 through 16. I remember that you were really a go-to and you know this about me. I'm pretty sure because I was candid with you about it. I hate going to meetings of any sort.
1: (laughs) I do remember that.
0: Um, but I would attend those meetings, the detour meetings, uh, based on, on what limited effect I I had as far as, you know, organizing the buskers and yeah. stuff like that. And I, I was really appreciative of how inclusive everybody was for ideas. It was really great. It was a yeah. really great experience. Yeah. Still hated going to the meetings. Not not <laughs> the people. I, I love all of them. Yeah. But uh, but the meetings are always interesting.
1: Meetings, yeah, are never ideal. But, yeah.
0: So it was the residency with the worm farm that brought you to Wisconsin? It was, yep. Interesting. And how long were you in residence there?
1: Uh, I was there for like three and a half months. The okay. first time I came right after the flood in '08. Oh, wow. So I came in July... And I remember being super bummed out that the movie theater was closed. <laughs> now I'm much more sympathetic. Um, but yeah, I was there for three and a half months and kind of just... I had, so I came from living in Chicago um, and just like fell in love with the area and the farm and um, working on a farm. And... They yeah they had the gallery space downstairs which was just so it's such a beautiful space and mm-hmm. um, I helped organize shows, um, so yeah I just kept kept coming back they kept having you know opportunities for me here, so.
0: So were you still enrolled then at the college in Illinois at the time? No, so I had you been. Were, you were out.
1: Yep, I had been graduated for a couple of years.
0: So. What were you doing with yourself then, other than the the summer months that you were hanging out here at that time?
1: Um, I kind of just traveled around, Um, so I did the residency here, and then I had friends who were teaching in South Korea, so I went and visited them for a couple months. Um, I think I went back to Chicago and maybe did an artist residency. Like I kind of made up my own artist residency at a church that I used to go to, Mm -hmm. um, and kind of stayed with friends. I'd go home, visit my family. It was kind of like just a couch bum (laughs) for a little (laughs) while. So I, yeah, I'd kind of just do my own thing in the off season and then come back here. And then I moved here like more permanently in 2012.
0: That's interesting. So you never had any inclination to permanently go back home,
1: mm, no, I worked at a, at a goat farm for mm-hmm. a couple of winter spring seasons that was in Michigan, um, and I really enjoyed that. I guess was Michigan kind of felt more just kind of feels more like my childhood home. like it feels like home, but I uh, feel more like my adult self in Wisconsin and Chicago Mm -hmm. um I'm sure if I decided to go back to Michigan I could evolve into my adult self in Michigan but it kind of just felt like more like I go home to Michigan and see my family and see my you know sometimes my high school friends a couple of them um but yeah
0: it has its place but you've grown yeah Let's talk about your art career, and and I want to get to what you're doing now, but let's talk about um, some of your successes as an artist. Where have you had showings at?
1: Uh, So I've shown a lot here in Reedsburg. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a show at Edgewood College uh, down in Madison. I also um, collaborated with Peter Kersko, who um, lives up in Waniwak now, um, as the tour artist uh, and we had a show at olbert gardens mm-hmm. um i've had a couple of shows down in chicago both at the school where i went uh and then also like a a friend's gallery so yeah not a whole lot i kind of that's one of my like weak spots as an artist i think i'm very good at creating but not super good at pursuing opportunities and marketing myself
0: it's hard to it's hard for artists to have that business sense it really is I
1: think it's a whole you know it's a whole other that's a whole other job to do for sure and not as much fun
0: (laughs) (laughs) do you know where some of your pieces reside
1: uh like ones that I've sold sure um mostly like in friends friends homes I've probably sold a few pieces to like people I don't know but most mostly to friends and family. But it's always a really nice surprise I usually forget when I've like either sold something or given something as a present and then I'll go to someone's home and there it will be. <laughs> so it's like visiting visiting my children.
0: So you mentioned the flood of two thousand and eight, which had its effect on you. Uh this year, two thousand and eighteen, there was another pretty devastating flood for the area yes which had an effect on you in a different way because you're now employed at the rock springs library
1: i am yep i'm the director there
0: and you had to get all the books out of that building
1: we did yeah we um the wednesday wednesday morning i don't remember the date um I went to the library and we kind of knew, you know, we knew a flood was coming, but all of the predictions were that it was, you know, going to be bad, but not super bad. So we were like, oh, we'll just move the books up on the shelf a few times, which is what we've done before when there's, you know, a flood. Mm -hmm. Um, So then we get a call from our board president who's like, I'm bringing in a couple of semis. We're going to take everything out of the library. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we're like, "Okay." So, yeah, so I posted it on Facebook, and different people shared it around and made calls, and we had over 30 people come in and help move out all the books and movies and shelves and countertops, and we took all the stuff out of the kitchen. So we pretty much gutted the building. In a day? In a day. I think I got there at 9. I think volunteers started coming at 11, and we were done by 4. Wow. Um. So it was pretty crazy, but you know that night, the river rose and I think it was about five feet high in the library. So, wow. We, yeah, we saved everything.
0: Where is it at now?
1: Um, a few different places. So, um, are we have a temporary setup uh, right now at St. John's Lutheran Church, which is about a block from our previous location. Mm-hmm. Um, So we're doing story time there as well as an after school program. Um, And then so we've got a few shelves set up there and we're kind of working on getting more books um, moved over so we can have a regular regular hours and people can start uh, checking out books again. Um, And then so we've got books stored at the basement of the Reedsburg State Bank and then everything else is still in the community center.
0: There's been talk, and I apologize for not really knowing this. Um, Rock Springs is such a small town, and even though you could really ride your bicycle there if you wanted to it it just seems so far away to me. There's been talk about about why rebuild or why why have people back in that town and so libraries are pretty libraries churches schools they're they're cornerstones of any community, really, yeah. So I'm sure that you've you've maybe been aware of some of this conversation where do you know what the climate is for the the residents in Rock Springs right now, how they're feeling about this and if they're digging in their heels and and just want to maintain some strength or if they've had enough and they want to give up.
1: I mean, I guess, so I can only speak for myself. Sure. Um, and I'm pretty new to the community. I've been in that position for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've heard, you know, I think there are a lot of things going around right now. I know um, the Coach House is not reopening, and um, I've heard different things about other, other locations or businesses there. Sure. Um, I think, you know, Rock Springs... Just based on the people that came to save the library, mm-hmm. um, I think that's a really great testament to the like spirit of the community. Sure. That they all came. I mean, I'm sure that they all had things to do, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they came together to to save this little library. It's from pretty its noble. Second flood. Yeah, it's pretty um, noble. My second major flood in in ten years. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, the people of Rock Springs are are staying there. So I think um, it's up to us to make that, keep that community alive and thriving. Um, I've been trying to think as the director, you know, we're kind of a bit at like a ground zero right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have a space. Mm-hmm. We're St. John's generously hosting us in their, in their basement, which is really great um but we don't have any permanent location yet so i feel like i'm trying to think of how how we can use this time as like an opportunity for some like how can we think about this in like a positive way how can we what do we want to be in the how do we want to serve the rock springs community how can we best serve this place Mm -hmm. and what do we want it to be um so I think this could be like a great time for some like positive creative visioning of what what the community and the library could be.
0: Sure. And the building itself is
1: undetermined. We're not moving back there. Okay. Um because <laughs> it's going to flood again. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm there, I think the village board is deciding on what to do with the building.
0: Is it, is it structurally damaged? Is it condemned? I'm not sure. Okay. But it's, it's obviously not a good place for a library.
1: Correct, yep.
0: There's a town, and I'm sure that you're familiar with it. Most people in, in south-central Wisconsin are familiar with the town of Gays Mills. Yep. Which they relocated their downtown because of flooding,
1: yeah, and yeah rock springs i know I know um is talking about that and looking into that. I think they might have taken like a field trip there or they're yeah they're planning to, so it's th- it, I think there's a lot of things on the table. it'll be interesting to to see what happens, but
0: it's easy as an outsider such as myself to be able to look at that and say. You know, I could see people relocating or moving or relocating to the downtown, but it, it it's it's not easy for other people to do. And you're talking about people who, many of whom probably lived there for a number of generations, and the economy being what it is, for most average people, it's it's just not uh, practical to be able to say, "Well, we're just going to throw it in and go someplace else." I mean, yeah. that's that's their home. Yeah. So I understand why they would they would dig in and, and be in for the long haul then on the other hand though again as an outside view i look at this is going to happen again you have that practicality and your approach to it and that's why you're not you're in agreement with not going back into the old building mm-hmm. so might end up that rock springs will be like many of the little coastal areas or the keys where everything is built on stilts
1: could be. That'd be fun. That yeah. I've heard I've heard that solution. Have you really? I, I was mean just not being from facetious. anyone official, but I've heard from <laughs> from other people being like, Oh just put it on stilts.
0: Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just being facetious about it.
1: <laughs> I'll bring it up at the next Village Board meeting. <laughs> uh don't tag me on that. Man.
0: I don't want people to laugh at me specifically yeah. for it. <laughs> So let's talk about comics. Let's strips. talk
1: about comics. <laughs> let's stop talking about Fox Spring.
0: Well, I, again, I, I apologize if it's making you anxious. I no, know No, it's you,
1: totally fine. It's, uh, it's on my mind all the time, but yeah. Sure.
0: I imagine it is. It's your livelihood. Yeah, yeah. And aside from being your your livelihood, it, as I mentioned earlier, it's a noble cause to um, try and keep information in the hands of people.
1: Yeah, not just information, but I think the library is more of like a community center, you know, than than anything these days. It's kind of the last public space, you know, sure. free public space for lots of people, especially in a place, you know, Rock Springs has residents who, you know, don't have access to internet and so So it's a an important institution, if that's the right word.
0: As the director, you're the director. I'm the director. What's some of the cool stuff that they got hiding out in the in the attic or in the basement that nobody sees?
1: Of the of the library community center, we've yeah. got lots of really cool like historical documents. We're um, we were starting to work on the digitization project um, right before the flood came. We mm-hmm. saved all the materials. We just have kind of gotten sidetracked, but the the community center, I mean, used to be used for tons of stuff. You know, they'd have like roller skating there and card clubs and dancing dance parties um and so they're like all these like really cool receipts you know from like the 70s of like so and so bought like two tickets for roller skating and wow. three bags of popcorn and so it's cool looking through all of that stuff and all of these old photos of like you know the community the you know the room in the community center just like packed full of people going to these dances and they'd have like Special ones for, like, if it was, like, your anniversary this month, like, you'd, like, all be in this picture together. Wow. It was, yeah.
0: I know that I have a friend who is really big into antique photography, and he said that the library here in Reedsburg had a number of what he called tintypes. And I, I, I don't know if that's the exact term, but I believe that's what he used. And just old, old photos that are not on paper, but they're on another you know another yeah. substrate yeah and irreplaceable that you can go and, and scan you know scan through and and just enjoy them and um you know with those with those smaller towns like that i'm sure that there's a a number of that sort of stuff there because where else is it going to be but at the library mhm yeah but there's no like jars with like pig fetuses or anything? <laughs>
1: oh, God. Uh, not that I have seen. <laughs> Who knows what they're <laughs> hiding from me?
0: No stories about three-headed calves or anything like no. that? No. None. No. Uh, what about an autographed picture of, like, Julia Roberts? You know, she was... She filmed a movie not, not far from there.
1: Oh, really? What movie?
0: Uh, it was called I Love Trouble. Oh, yeah. She and, and Nick Nolte actually uh, filmed a scene. I don't... I, I, I admit I've never seen the movie. Um, I might be horribly unqualified for interviewing people because I have such a, <laughs> a limited scope of things to talk about. But I've not seen the movie. However, a really good friend of mine from high school lived on Terrytown Road, and there was a farm there, and I believe that's where it was. And they filmed a scene at the farm. Hmm. Yeah.
1: I don't. I don't think we had any Julia Roberts um, memorabilia.
0: What about Rocky Rococo stuff? No. You know, Rocky's family is from Rock Springs. Oh. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. All this, all this celebrities. No, I think, yeah, lots of, um.
0: Let's talk about qualifications for being the director at the library now.
1: This was not part of my interviewing process. (laughs) You better talk to the library board.
0: Unfortunately, Rocky passed recently. And, but he, his family, um, lives in the Rock Springs area (laughs) just outside of town as you go towards the narrows okay. as they say yeah. yeah yeah um so let's talk about comics let's talk about now. comics <laughs> so it's interesting to me i'm going to make this uh, i'm going to make this assumption you started out drawing i think a lot of artists do right mm-hmm. you, and you explored a number of different avenues especially in 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 college but have you always gone back to drawing or have you now, recently rediscovered it for yourself, with this with with the way that you're approaching it now with the comic.
1: Um. So I think I have always done some drawing. Um. I think I like kind of would go in cycles. So I'd do like sculptural stuff and crocheting for a while, and mm-hmm. then I'd go back and I'd um, do some drawing, or I'd always do like a you know I'd have an idea in my head and I'd draw something, or I've always kind of liked documenting uh my life and so i'd have like something weird happen to me and so i'd want to draw i'd draw a picture of it or something funny um and then
0: did you journal yeah you did
1: in various forms i kind of had this uh for a while like index card system going where i had like an index card for each day and so then like every year i kind of like add on Okay, in 2016, this is what happened on March 23rd. And Interesting. Then in 20, so then I could look back and be like, "Oh, this is what I did three years ago." Um,
0: did you do that? How regularly did you do that? And 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 I'm I'm just I'm intrigued by it. I think that's that's amazing. Yeah. Did you do that for? Did you do that consistently throughout a year for a number of years, or spotty for a number of years, or did you have like a spell of like maybe from? 12 to 14, 2012, 2014, where you did it every single day sort of thing?
1: I'd say the first year I did it every day, like Hmm. you usually do at the beginning of like a project, you're super excited about it. And Mm -hmm. then I did it probably for like three years bodily.
0: Really? Yeah. So uh, over a four year time period, there's pretty close to, there's definitely a complete year and then pretty close to three more years on top of that.
1: And then once I started doing comics, I kind of stopped that because it kind of... A little bit fulfilled, like a similar uh, function or like compulsion in Sure, myself. sure.
0: Yeah, well, I, yeah, no offense, but it is a little bit of a compulsion and it's okay.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, it's a productive compulsion.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's not, you know, it's not touching the doorframe three times before you walk outside or something like that. Yeah. Did you find in the second or third year that you wanted more to hit the highlights and that was what it was or did you just find that you were too busy to do it all the time how did how how was it that it went from being a daily occurrence to a periodic occurrence
1: um (laughs) I mean it might have been that I was like wow my life's super boring (laughs) you know I'd like go back and look and you know I would a lot of times I'd like document like my dreams if I had a really crazy dream Uh or like what did I make to eat or the first time it snowed or like you know kind of like milestone type things during the year so that was like interesting to see like oh last year it was like super warm in February too Mm -hmm. um so a lot of times I'd go back and like read the previous years entries and be like, "Oh, I'm really repeating myself." <laughs> so it might have been that I was like I just need to like focus on right right now. Sure. Um,
0: it's well it's you know you you live and you have lived for the most part in an area with some definitive um seasons. Uh-huh. So it's pretty easy to fall into a pattern, you know. Here it is, December, obviously Christmas, but let's just take February, for example. Every February, you always are encountered with really, really cold weather or, or, you know, so how do you approach that? So, of course, it's going to be similar from year to year to some extent. Unless there's any sort of personal changes for yourself in that that year.
1: Yeah, and I actually just, um, not just, my mom a year or two ago gave me my great grandmother's diary from 1942. So I've been reading that um, as much as I can. Her handwriting is really, really sure. hard to read. Um, and so I'm—I think next year my plan is to start uh, like a comics project with that, where I would like we'll draw. I want this is my plan. Once a week, I'll draw a day from her week. And a day from my week. Awesome. And kind of just try to like uh not embody, but just try to like think more about like, oh, this is what my great grandmother experienced. And but a lot of her entries are like, I did the laundry today and hung it up in the basement. It was thirty nine degrees when I woke <laughs> up. Uh,
0: that's not too dissimilar to those <laughs> no. to those regular old days yeah. in that first year, yeah. right?
1: louie came home and then he went out bowling i went downtown saw a movie
0: do you find yourself wanting to draw conclusions between where you're at in your life and where she was what's the age difference how old was she when she was journaling
1: she was in her 60s oh wow. so yeah it's pretty different yeah for yeah. sure
0: for sure. I yeah, think it I would be interesting to have her be similar to your age.
1: It, that would be really interesting. I don't know if, yeah, I should ask my mom if she has any diaries from then. But I'm guessing, I mean, she would have been raising a couple of kids at that point. So mm-hmm. I bet she probably had less time for keeping her diary. Sure,
0: sure. Although, you know, if you're comparing your life now with hers at 60, that might be a challenge too like oh my goodness my grandmother was much more active at 60 than i am <laughs> now at my age yeah,
1: i think i think we're we're fairly parallel doing laundry going downtown uh yeah making food
0: you had a a comic recently and and um i'll get specific with that in a moment let's talk instead about the the general approach that you have to your comic a lot of people who will be listening to this um, weren't in attendance when you and i shared the um arts link show and tell Mm -hmm. about comics and i i was so intrigued by by what you're doing and i really enjoyed the progress some of the earlier comics comparative to what you're doing now as far as the actual approach and the way that you're drawing and utilizing watercolor and and things like that. I think that it's, it's really grown considerably and it's, it's not that it wasn't enjoyable before, but there are some moments that really make me kind of catch my breath. Um, Mm. There was one that wasn't too long ago and I think that you had brought this one to the show and tell where you, uh, I think you had a dead cicada or you had drawn a picture of a dead cicada or or maybe it was just a cicada and it was Mm -hmm. just a it was a really great little snapshot picture and i think for me that was a very transcendent point from being just like um a jim's journal comic to something that has a little bit more um, artistic depth to it now it sounds to me as though you were approaching this in in form of journaling do you feel like you have to have a point to what you're putting in there, or do you feel like it's okay to have something that's, that's just this is my slice of life of where I'm at right at this moment?
1: Uh,
0: it doesn't always have to be funny. It doesn't always have to be poignant, but it has to be something where you got to keep the reader in mind. So there's got to be some sort of point to it.
1: I think because it's kind of it's like a a narrative art form I don't know if that I'm, I'm kind of new to the comics world but you know it's it's a sequential art. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like just internally I want it to have some sort of um, story, you know, even if it's just like super simple like the last one was about buying this sweatshirt that sure. I'm wearing now and how probably I'm going to be wearing it almost daily for the next year until it is full of holes. Um,
0: what did you do with your last sweatshirt?
1: What did I do with it? Yeah. I use, it, I wear it on the farm. <laughs> so I still have it. I don't really understand what do people do with old, you know, old clothes that are they, like,
0: they turn them into rags. Yeah. And they use them for doing things around the house.
1: Okay. I guess you make rag rugs. Yeah. but probably like regular people I don't do people throw clothes away cuz if it's like too holy for the thrift store I don't really know what regular people do other with, uh, also with shoes this is just kind of like things that I think of that I don't know what to normal people do yeah around anyway. the corner
0: where there's the laundry facility uh-huh. um I have a basket full of old t-shirts and things like that, that that we use for rags and then I don't feel so bad about throwing them away
1: yeah after after they've gone through their rag phase yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I there's there's I could not have possibly gotten any more out yeah. of that article. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's that's a good idea. Because so. I have, yeah, I they get like personally attached to my clothes and I'm just like, I can't just throw this away. It served me so well. So it's anyway, serving you on the farm at this it's point. It's serving me on the farm, yeah. Okay. Anyway, so do my comics need to have a point? Um, I think like... I never have comics that it's just, like, totally random. I think I've had a few where it's just, like, I I draw different moments from the day, but those aren't, usually aren't my favorites. I like it to have some sort of, like, tell some sort of story, no, no matter how simple or, mm-hmm. um, and that's just kind of for my own satisfaction. Although I do like to, I, I like to think about whether it's, like, funny or,
0: your How comics are non-sequitur act. though. I mean, the only thing that is an underlying theme regarding your comic is that it is about you. Yeah. Other oh yeah, they that, don't connect. Yeah, they no. don't connect
1: to each other just within within the comic itself.
0: Yeah, the the rare ones where you do part 1, part 2 or yeah. something like that, but even at that 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 probably only happens a few times in a month really.
1: It's true cuz that requires a little bit more forethought. The thing, I think one of the things that is why one of the reasons why the comics is really stuck i mean it's only been like a year of me doing it consistently but for Mm -hmm. like it's i've made like over 100 comics which is pretty crazy um is that the like making a four panel comic they're all self-contained so it's like i'm gonna make a comic today and i make the comic and then i'm done and then like tomorrow i can choose Am, am i gonna make a comic? What I what am I gonna make a comic about, and not worry about like, what did I do yesterday? Does it need to connect? Sure. Um, which is like very freeing because. Yeah, it just allows me to be creative, but not worry about the bigger picture. The writing right. process. Yeah.
0: Unless of course something really does happen where you, where you have to put that down.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would, like. Next year, I would like to work on some, like, longer-form comics. I feel like that's where I would like to, you know, grow is to, like, do do longer um, longer ones, whether it's, you know, fictional or still just from my life. I'd like to work towards that, but that just takes so much more brain space and, and working full-time. I guess I'm not working full-time right now, but I'm still <laughs> exuding a lot of mental energy. So that just takes... I guess more mental energy than I have at the moment, so that's one of the reasons why I like doing daily comics.
0: Have you considered Have you considered then doing a a totally different uh, series? Then is that is that what it would be under a different title, that sort of thing? If it was going to be something that would be fictitious.
1: Uh. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, it would be something separate. I think more. I might just try to like. Do a longer one about like a memory or some other time in my life maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. although I have done like really short things um about different characters um, in the past
0: i I really like the idea of of doing the the weekly bit about your your grandmother and and her diary, I think that that would be awesome yeah if you're able to to do that. What burned me out on doing my comic, which I have not, um, I've not produced a new comic in over a year. What burned me out was that I, I was compelled to do a daily, mm-hmm. and I think that if I would have maybe done a weekly, and and I've and I felt like I could do a daily because I really wasn't reinventing the wheel every every day. I I used. I used templates and patterns, and everything was just more about the storyline than it Mm. was about the drawing. So for me to be able to sit down and write something, I would take a day and I would write out my strips for the week. And then the actual physical cut and paste, because I did everything um, over the computer, the actual cut and paste for all of the dialogue was so time-consuming. It was so time-consuming. But I did not want to do a new strip every day. I didn't want to hand draw a new strip Hmm, every day. My story was, was my story was more dialogue based than it was, you know, the images that people were seeing. Mm -hmm. Um, So for you, you can do anything that you want. You recently, you recently did one that I remember that was about you uh, digging a hole and climbing inside yeah and then I think you did another one the next day where you poked your head out of the hole, looked around. it was still winter and you climbed back yeah. in and I thought it was you know the the simplistic nature of that it told the story without having too much stuff on the page mm-hmm. I, I thought that was great
1: thank you yeah I, I I like that like kind of merging of like diary comics plus like fantasy, so mm-hmm. like obviously. I didn't like look out and see the snow and then dig myself a hole and crawl in. I wanted to do that. <laughs> but so I like that kind of freedom that you can like in a comic, you can make your, you know, your alter ego self sure. kind of do whatever.
0: What besides Instagram, what other way are people able to see your comics?
1: <laughs> I I have a I'm I I have a Tumblr page. Sure. Um that i update sometimes Mm -hmm. with my comics Mm -hmm. i'm gonna try to do that more regularly um but mostly just instagram i i do need a website i just um put together an application for this comics expo in chicago
0: i was gonna ask about that so i'm glad Um, you brought it up
1: yeah so in doing that i was like holy cow i need a website Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. that's kind of on my to-do list as like my artist to do list.
0: So, I also used Tumblr for Vegan Dad comics, and it was really easy, especially because there would be times when I would upload them maybe the beginning of the week, and then I would time it so that they they just yeah that is was really you can like cue yeah, things up yeah that was great that was great. Although I have to say Instagram is my is my favorite form of social media at this point. It's so. For me, it's been really supportive, Mm -hmm. and I'm just not mired down with the same things that I see on Facebook. I don't know if you recall MySpace.
1: I never had a MySpace, but a lot of my friends did. I kind of I didn't even have a Facebook until like 2010, when my my niece was born, and my sister was like, "I'm posting pictures of." Your niece only on Facebook, so you better join if yeah. you want to see pictures of her. And I was like, fine. Well, so,
0: yeah. When Facebook started to really take off, which was around that time, yeah. because I, I when I joined Facebook, I, I believe it was like oh eight, or maybe late oh seven, and it was really more geared towards college kids. Which, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you have to. Have like I'm a, still on my semester. Yeah, I'm still on my semester email. off from college, so <laughs> I, I lied and got onto it and as it started to take off my space was kind of like going back to your old high school sort of thing Mm -hmm. you know it's it's just not you know what it was and Facebook is now kind of becoming that for me too it's one of those places where it's a great way to promote the band it's a great way to, to to do certain things but by and large it it feels I feel grimy
1: (laughs) yeah I use it for like all you know for promoting library events and Mm -hmm. I think I'm the administrator of like four different pages so I use it for that Mm -hmm. um but I don't really use it personally and yeah I could share my comics on there but I guess I kind of like Instagram seems a little bit more like people have to find me mm-hmm. and be like, Yes, I wanna see Katie's comics versus mm-hmm. Facebook kind of. There
0: that it seems is. like everybody is. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Um I find I find people being very uplifting and it's it's really an artistic scene for Instagram. I mean, yeah, it it really does well for people who don't know a lot about photography and I, I understand that and respect that and everybody can have their due. Um, But it really is about sharing things, sharing beautiful things or funny things or, you know, personal things.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is going to sound like super stupid, but like Instagram is probably like 70 percent of like why I started doing diary comics. Like, you know, I'd been I'd read graphic novels and comics and all sorts of things for years And I'd been doing my own kind of drawings, but like I joined Instagram and I don't even remember how I first found people doing diary comics, but I did. And then I was just like, oh, like other people doing like drawings about, you know, their mental health, anxiety, like memories, just like mundane moments of their day. And Mm -hmm. I was like, this is, this is like my work. Like I could do this. And I hadn't really, like, seen the, like, kind of four-panel format before. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I just kind of, like, started following a bunch of people and then just started posting now and then. And, like, oh, like, people like it. (laughs) (laughs) And then started doing it more regularly. Um, And now I feel like I'm part of, like, a little Diary Comics community on Instagram. Like, not a whole lot of people, but there are, you know, people... We follow each other. We like comment, and I just got a Christmas card from nice. one person that I fo- that I follow. Um, so yeah, I feel like it's a cool place to build community.
0: Are you able to get a good sense from either Instagram or Tumblr of your readership?
1: Um, I mean, I could tell you how many followers I have. Well, <laughs> um, but I,
0: do you do you have engagements? I guess is what I mean to say people read your stuff and comment or like or um open up a dialogue with you rather than just putting it out there into the vacuum that is the internet and yeah I feel like I have
1: kind of yeah people that regularly like 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 my posts and and comment on my posts or will like share my comics in their stories or things like that um it's not like super wide but um yeah, I feel like I've got a little a little following.
0: So tell me a little bit about the, is it called Cake or is it just C-A-K-E or what is it called? This, this... I think it's
1: called Cake. It's okay. the Chicago Alternative Comics Expo. Mm-hmm. So it's actually C-A-C-E. Of course. But they spell it C-A-K-E. Because
0: um, nobody would know how to pronounce it otherwise. Exactly.
1: I <laughs> Case? Yeah. I don't know. Um, Yeah, so it's this Comics Expo in Chicago in June. Mm -hmm. I've never actually been to it. Um, I went to another, like, zine fest in Chicago last year. Or this, this, it's still 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, my friend Julia, who is a Worm Farm alum, Mm -hmm. she also does diary comics. And so she had kind of approached me about doing some uh, uh, comics events together and, like, tabling together. So I was like, yeah, let's do it like i want to do that and i don't want to do it alone (laughs) sure so so yeah she we she's in north carolina right now but she has friends and stuff in chicago so she's been to it and so we applied together
0: interesting yeah so what do you know of the event itself
1: not a whole lot i mean it's people making comics Mm -hmm. selling their like zines and stuff and stickers and merch and all people kind of doing alternative indie comics.
0: It's a lot of DIY stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And what's the application process been like?
1: It was kind of, well, I've never applied for one, so I don't know, but Julia said it was more extensive than others that she'd been to. So we had to, like, submit um, samples of our work and kind of discuss talk about our experience with alternative comics, you know, if we published or self-published, or um, if we tabled at events before, mm-hmm. um, submit, like, promotional stuff like our bio and profile pic.
0: So is the expectation of, of this convention, I'm sure your expectation, if I can assume, is that you'll meet like-minded people mm-hmm. and, and network and, and make some new friends and maybe get some tips... But make some money. That's my question. Is the <laughs> overall consensus that that they're hoping that there's going to be comic lovers who are going to come in and and oh yeah for sure there yeah interesting yeah. so um, what are you gonna sell what are you gonna bring
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna make some sort of collection of my comics mm-hmm. um, so right now I think I'm going to do like divide my year up by seasons okay. So I'll do like a collection of like my winter comics and then spring, summer, fall, and then maybe another winter. Cause the events not until June. And I don't, I don't know if I'm in it yet. You don't find out until of February if of you're course. accepted. Sure. Um,
0: we'll just put it out in the universe. Though. Yeah.
1: I feel like me and Julia together, I think we made a strong application. Um, so yeah, I'm going to make some books of my comics. And maybe some stickers, maybe some cards, Mm -hmm. just merch prints. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, I guess to at least make it so that you break even on the weekend. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people like just they kind of like make the rounds of different comics expos around the country. And that's one of the ways they make a living. But yeah, definitely like networking is like big on there like I can meet all of the people that I'm following oh that's cool in in person and I know trading is big you know uh trading with other cartoonists so yeah I'm excited I hope I mean either way I'm gonna go to it but it would be nice to be there as a official comics maker
0: a lot of when last we spoke about comics a lot of your stuff you're keeping in in one book, is that still the case? You, you still have your sketchbook that you have everything in?
1: I am on my third sketchbook now.
0: Okay, so it's not as though, I mean, this is a, a, a bound, the one that I saw some months back now was a bound book. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not as though it's a spiral notebook or something like that with, right. with loose pages or anything like that. Right. So what's the process gonna be like for you to actually make prints off of something like that?
1: um well i already have made some prints i i showed showed some comics at the ridiculous arts crawl last Mm -hmm. summer Mm -hmm. um so yeah so i'll scan them all Mm. and then probably like digitally alter them a little bit to make sure you know that the whites are white and the blacks are black Mm -hmm. um and then use some sort of Program to make them into a book-like format. I haven't worked that out yet. Um, sure. But yeah.
0: So now I want to get specific about one comic that you had recently, okay. which is where <laughs> I, I started to go. But then I thought I wanted to get a little <laughs> bit more general. Um, you had you had made a comic that that um, specifically addressed the phrase intrusive thought.
1: Uh huh.
0: And I. I've not necessarily been public about this sort of thing, but I've talked about it on the podcast before for those who listen. (laughs) I'm teasing. And um, I've been taking uh, anti anxiety medication now for uh, over two years. And has it? It's no, it's, it's been a year and a half. And it's been a godsend for me. It's been wonderful, but it also made me realize throughout my lifetime um, intrusive thoughts and how they have affected me and I, I was actually listening to another podcast where there was a comedian who was talking about it and uh, he, he experienced intrusive thoughts though to a very extreme degree mm. but it really made me think about something and um, it made me think that embracing intrusive thought is part of creativity for a number of people. So by that I mean to say you could think about life and how it affects you and what you're doing driving down the street or walking or or getting up in the morning but when one of those intrusive thoughts hits you it kind of gives you this moment of of looking at things differently like well what if i was driving this car and a dragon happened to be next to me that yeah. sort of thing. Now for some people they could be really detrimental like did I just run over somebody in my car? I better turn around and go and take a look at yeah. it. That sort of thing. But do you feel do you feel like you experience intrusive thoughts and do you feel like like they maybe help you with your creativity in some way or do you feel like they're a detraction to you?
1: Um well, yes, I do experience intrusive thoughts. I that's kind of like a new term that I just like learned about. Um
0: Same here. That's why I'm so interested yeah. to talk about it actually.
1: Yeah. I yeah did have you listen? There's like an I think it's Invisibilia where they talk about it, and there's a guy who's like having it, like really serious intrusive thoughts, where he's like having very violent um, thoughts about like harming himself and his family. Interesting. And so he like goes to a therapist. Anyway, it's all about kind of like wh- how, what do you do? Do you kind of and I think they were saying you kind of just like let it, let it pass. You know, you don't mm-hmm. try to fight it, you don't try to stop it because
0: but appreciate but but um realize what it is yeah and just, say eh, it's just an intrusive yeah it
1: yeah um anyway you should listen to that if, if I you i will haven't. It's i will an interesting podcast um well <laughs> what's the question well i guess <laughs> does, it, does it do a do you
0: do you feel like it does a, a service to you or a disservice to you experiencing them
1: I mean probably both. I mean a lot of my like crazy comic ideas come from intrusive, you know, intrusive thoughts. I mean that idea of like making some sort of invention to to keep intrusive thoughts out of my head and to keep me focused on the present that mm-hmm. came from an intrusive thought. I mean I think it's a balance. I mean I think anxiety and that kind of it all it comes I think from creativity you know like mm-hmm. an imagination if you don't have an imagination you're probably not struggling with intrusive thoughts because i guess i don't know what that's like but i i imagine <laughs> i imagine sure that if you are, are not that imaginative of a person you're not like imagining you know well, what if i hit this car what if this car hit me or mm-hmm. what if i fell down this hill and broke my leg um So I think the negative side of that is that you can kind of get caught up in your head and into these kind of like vicious cycles of thinking and thinking and thinking. Um,
0: Become kind of mentally agoraphobic.
1: Yeah, but it also like that same energy, if it's somehow channeled into a positive realm, that's like, that's creativity, Mm -hmm. I think. So I don't, I kind of, yeah, I think it's a A question of like whether you can have one without the other. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's just kind of keeping the one in check and not letting it snowball.
0: I had read where because as human beings, we don't have some of the same things that other uh, creatures on the planet have. What we do have, though, is our brain and our brain operates in such a way so that, you know, we can combat these things that we can't really combat physically by thinking three steps ahead. Hmm. And that's kind of the function of the brain. So maybe, you know, your brain is thinking, don't go into this water because you don't know what's in there. And what if there's something in there and it gives you this kind of shock of, of, well, OK, maybe I do need to think this through mm-hmm. rather than blindly going into the water and confronting a, a shark or something like that, which most people are powerless against. Yeah. So so that's interesting. It kind of works as as that that buffer where, you know, you're not you're not as fast as a cheetah. So don't go out here to where the cheetah is, yeah. you know, because this could happen. Yeah, and so it's it's kind of like oh okay it's a it's a self preservation thing, mm-hmm. but I think that um, I think that for a number of people it becomes a sticking point to where it's well I can't do this and then I can't do that but what if this happens or what if that happens, and I think that um, since calming myself down and 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 you know medicating myself for anxiety and depression, it's allowed me the opportunity to be a little bit more um objective about some of these other things which would just compound mm-hmm. on me anyway. Yeah. I have a friend who is a a fine artist and he um studied in uh Rhode Island School of Design and then he went over to uh Art Center in Pasadena, California. I mean, he 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 had done some some big things and he um he has moments some some very challenging mental moments and he he was my sounding board for medication and creativity i was always afraid that if i did something that i would lose my creative edge yeah. and he he and it, it proved to be true he told me no you just become much more focused hmm. and it's true it really is true because if I think and I I, I didn't even think about it till this very moment about the fact that when I stopped working on my comic on a regular basis was just before I started taking medication Hmm. and since then I've I've managed to do a lot of things um you know I've managed to to put out some recordings I've managed to work fairly regularly on this podcast I've managed to um Stay in in uh, with the Jake McCluskey band and just kind of see some things through. Yeah, and before I I wasn't really good at that on my creative level. I mean work and all of that other stuff and taking care of kids. I mean obviously there's some sort of level of of responsibility. You'd always push myself a little bit lower on that. Like, mm-hmm. You know I know that I have to be at work this amount of time and I know I have to devote this amount of stuff to it there'll be time for me to do this other stuff well now it's actually allowed me the opportunity to to balance and kind of concentrate on myself a little bit more yeah yeah I just found it interesting because it is something I don't know if it's something that's maybe a, a, a buzz term now or has been and I'm just aware of it at this point but when I saw it I was kind of like that's interesting that you put that you put that in there. And I wonder yeah. if it's something that truly creative people, if I could throw myself in there, <laughs> truly creative people experience and that's part of what that creativity is. Yeah. Stephen King talks about when he wrote The Shining, he and his wife were staying at a hotel that was they were the last people there before it closed for the season and and as he passed a um fire hose stop me if you've heard this story but as he Mm -hmm. passed a fire hose that was in the hallway in the hotel as they were leading to the room he imagined what if that hose had taken on a life of its own and kind of became a serpent and followed them Mm -hmm. down the hall and from there the shining bloom yeah and it made me think yeah maybe there are ways in which our brain is working on its own level and if you can appreciate it for what it is rather than having it stop you it can open up new doors or something
1: yeah yeah i mean i think especially when i first started making comics i feel like i had this kind of like backlog of Mm -hmm. like crazy thoughts or like things that i was like wondering about and kind of like i was like finally had this outlet kind of sure that to get all of that out of my brain so it's i think comics have been like a great way for me to kind of externalize Weird, weird thoughts, you know, and, and also, like, connect with other people. Like, I remember specifically I made a comic about feeling um, anxious about ordering from the deli at a grocery store. Okay. Um, and then someone was, like, maybe even, like, more than, I think maybe a couple of people were like me too. And, you know, it's just like, it, you know, I can recognize that it's like ridiculous to feel anxious ordering from a deli. Um, but that's, you know, I feel, I feel anxious. And so it was like super cool to like, number one, for me to like see the other, you know, that I'm not alone in my feelings of anxiety. And then also I think it's good for other people to see me, but, vocalize that sure because whenever yeah when i see other people kind of expressing their anxiety in ways that resonate with me i'm like you know it's really great to be able to see that and feel not so alone in your strange thoughts
0: is your intent to always have yourself in your comic in your daily in your diary I, i mean it you have a lot of yourself and i don't mean your image of yourself but i mean you you're very expressive about yourself let's just take that delhi story as yeah. an example i mean that's maybe something that a lot of people who have experience with you don't know yeah so is it your intent to continue to do that or do you feel like do you feel like you need to get it off your chest and maybe distance yourself from it? I mean, it sounds like you're getting some sort of therapy from this.
1: Kind of. I don't know what it... I'm not sure what it is for me. I mean, it is... I'm... I think a lot. I If that's not obvious, if you see my comics, I'm usually thinking and maybe that's why I don't talk very much usually, is because I'm just thinking. So I think a lot about my comics mm-hmm. and about what... why, Why I'm making them and you know... Yeah, so like most comics, I mean, all all comics are about me and my experience. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, why <laughs> is it weird that I'm just all the time making art about myself and my thoughts? And also, is it weird that I'm like sharing these personal details about myself with, you know, whoever, you know, well, the whole... It is, I don't mean that. <laughs>
0: it, it it is because well no I don't mean that in a in a bad way it is because so many other people only want to show their best. Yeah. And so it is weird for you to show something that doesn't necessarily show your best. Yeah. And I think that's probably what makes that connection to those other people who who experience the same thing. I mean, songwriters have this all the time they want to write a song so that other people out there know hey you're not alone in this. Yeah. Maybe that wasn't your intent in this. Yeah. But now now you have to be aware of that, right? You have to be aware that that let's say for example, you experience seasonal depression. I don't know that you do, but let's say that you do and then mm. you you post something about that. It's 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 twofold right it comes it, it's off your chest but mm-hmm. then on the other hand it's like hey you know it's okay you're not the only person out there in this world that experiences that sort of thing
1: yeah i think yeah i think that's really important it yeah definitely I, it's a little bit weird i think living in a small town makes it a little bit weirder i'm not sure how many people that i know um listen you know follow my comics mm-hmm. um that makes it a little bit weirder like i'm don't really care at all that like a bunches of strangers know my strange thoughts but you know yeah it's a little bit weird being in a small town
0: it's freeing though right i mean let's say that you put something up and it's it's very um let's say that you put something up that's very revealing how comfortable would you be having the person who delivers the mail know that as opposed to somebody who's four or 500 miles away that you may meet at this mm-hmm. comic convention Right. you know hey. yeah I, I I was very open in my in my comics because I knew like my parents didn't read them
1: my parents read my comics <laughs> they'll sometimes call me and be like Katie we're a little bit worried about you <laughs> And I'm like oh I'm okay
0: <laughs> so it's it's kind of freeing having readers who aren't your next door neighbors or your co-workers or, or something like that I mean yes it, I
1: here, guess I'm saying that I don't I think my co-workers and my next door neighbors are reading my comics though so that's, oh, yeah okay
0: I'm <laughs> sorry I got it backwards <laughs> no, I thought that you're saying that they're not
1: no I mean I don't know for sure well I knew, know some people are but yeah
0: I think that that we're at a wonderful time for, for artists and musicians, and I don't know that a lot of people really realize that. And one of the things that that is amazing is that there's no need for competition. There truly isn't. Yes, you want a place in, in, in this expo. Don't get me wrong. And other mm. people want that place also. But by and large, you are able to express yourself. Get your word out there. Your Your comics are being hosted in the same place as other comics, right? So you're not trying to get into the syndicate or something like that. You're able to get it out there. And I can only relate this to the music industry. There was a time when there's only so many record deals. There's only so many artists that could be signed. There's only so many fans that can go out on tour there's only so many ways that you can get your music out there into the hands of the people that's changed yeah and so the same could be said for art really if you think about it because there's only so many ways that you can get stuff out <laughs> <laughs>
1: sorry I, just for the record i tried to put my hat back on but i have had
0: for i told time. you it gets cold down here
1: yeah do you think i can do this
0: yeah you can uh, yeah there should be no problem
1: you can continue sorry. Well,
0: I see I want to be heard. Okay. So I'm waiting to get your headphones back. <laughs> okay, sorry um, everyone. no, it's fine. So now the door is wide open.
1: Mhm.
0: And you have you have an education background in art. You have um you have some experience. Did you need that to do the comic? Probably not as much as
1: Yeah, probably not.
0: And and your comic is better as a result of it, don't get me wrong, because of the training that you've had, because of your ability to to do the things that you're doing and, and, and telling your story, you you're not again, I I shouldn't slag Jim's Journal, but you're not a Jim's journal. You
1: don't even know a Jim's journalist.
0: It's it's reasonable. Okay. Um for you not to. I, I don't know if Jim's Journal is even still in print. But anyway, so so it's possible for many people to do this, is what I'm saying. Whether or not they can do it well, that's a different story. But the competition level, or, 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 or I should say the, the aspect of the competition, should be or could be gone, really, if you think about it. So being cooperative rather than being competitive would really push the medium, push the art, push the expression further. mm mm-hmm. I mean it's a, it's a it's a huge possibility. Yeah. I mean you know if you if if you go to Chicago for this expo and you're there with your friend and you're sharing a table and you're selling stickers it's not like hey come and buy my stickers don't buy somebody else's stickers. Right. And if you can if 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 that sort of uh cooperation can be fostered among artists and among musicians imagine how much further as a community everybody would go.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean yeah, being super new to the comics world and not knowing too much about it, it seems like um not that like other arts worlds aren't open, but it seems just very open and welcoming. I mean, there's people of like all varying degrees of talent in terms of like drawing skills or you know whatever. It's just about like getting your like story and whatever you're wanting to say out there. And it seems like there's a lot of yeah, a lot of collaboration, a lot of just like encouragement, like mm-hmm. shout outs and yeah, sharing stories and just like yeah, it seems like a cool cool kind of open community.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. It's really awesome. And there's no need to there's no need to um, scramble on top of each other for for the limelight. I think there's now especially enough to go around.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it is it, yeah, I think social media with all of its downfalls and faults um
0: and there are many. And
1: there are many. It is I think exciting for yeah, sharing art. And
0: so music. 2019 aside from from the Chicago Expo that you mentioned, what else what else have you got in mind for this next year and getting the library back on its feet?
1: Getting the library back. Yeah, uh well, one of my goals that I was talking about the other day is to, like, try to build more, like, in real life community. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was thinking about, like, try <laughs> trying to go down to Madison a little bit more and, and um, build some arts community down around there. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I've, yeah, I want to start, like, some sort of, like, drawing arts group. Um, kind of in this area as well because I feel like you know there's people who are making art all the time um, who I know and you know I'm friends with but we don't get together and make art together mm-hmm. um, so I think that's one thing I mean Instagram I really like Instagram and other social medias and making connections there and I think that's like a good real way of connecting with people but sure it's also good to like connect with people in real life and I feel like I'm not talking about Hard enough in real life it would mm. be fun to like i mean just get together and make things with people but also kind of be like what are you making this is what i'm working on this is what i'm not sure about what mm-hmm. do you think about this this is what i think about wh- what you're doing um so i feel like that would be a really uh good thing to pursue what else i don't know i'm always wanting i i keep just wanting to figure out a way to have goats in my life because i really like goats so, uh, yeah,
0: art and goats,
1: art and goats, and libraries, <laughs> and farming.
0: Is there anything that we haven't covered that you'd like to talk <laughs> about?
1: We've covered so many things. Uh, I don't ever
0: set up a, a list of questions or anything, and and um, I would be wrong in not asking. You know, if there's something that you that you wanted to say to I mean I, I we have a fair amount of people who listen to the podcast. Yeah. Believe it or not. Yeah. I think the last time I checked, uh unique subscribers were I think over like twenty thousand. What? No, seriously. I'm not lying. <laughs> I'm not lying. I wouldn't tell <laughs> I'm you that glad before you this. didn't
1: tell me before this. Yeah. Because I was like, oh probably like I'm talking to like twenty people. Not in it. No judgment on you.
0: Not at all. Why wouldn't you think that? I mean, <laughs> we're in the basement in Reedsburg, Wisconsin. I can't get the damn mayor to come down here and talk to me. But um, but yes, now now keep in mind that this is unique RSS um, listeners. So um, I don't know if you have an RSS feed for your comic or not. But I essentially, doubt. the way that it, it works is that people who 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 subscribe to things. Get it? It pops into their feed when it when it comes out there. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't necessarily mean that out of the twenty thousand people who have this in their feed,
1: right? They're, that they're li- actually listening. listening
0: to it. Yeah. But um, but they could be. They could be. I mean, I I don't know that. So and um, it, it has extended outside of uh, the United States. Um, there's a fair amount of interaction with uh, Ireland for some reason. Hmm. It must be because there's cattle in the name. I don't know. <laughs> if I could, you know be a little uh presumptuous um and then in in other uh asian countries um the it 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 seems to to ping there if i look at the analytics but that notwithstanding i mean is there anything that that, anything additional that you want to say
1: i don't i don't think so
0: awesome (laughs) well i appreciate you taking the time coming here and katie i do appreciate you i think that you're great
1: oh thank you alex i appreciate you thank you thank you for inviting me and for being patient as i put you off a number of times
0: no no it's okay (laughs) it's okay because um much like the comic strip i approached this thinking i would do this weekly Mm -hmm. and Lori was the voice of reason and was like you're not going to get this done weekly um the amount of time that it takes to edit out all of my mistakes, my mm-hmm. ums and coughs and everything else is so long that um, she's right. She's yeah. absolutely right. I can't, I can't do this on a weekly basis. Maybe if I didn't have a full-time job, I'm grateful for my full-time job Yeah, because I know my boss listens. Um, <laughs> if I didn't have that or, or, you know, any other things going on, then yeah, I probably could do it weekly or every other week. So the timing worked out. It'll probably yeah. go out this month too. Okay. So.
1: Great
0: Cool. Thank awesome. You. Thank you. Hey gang, wasn't that great? It was terrific. It was fun. She's really funny and keeps a person on their toes when they're talking with her. I could tell you that. So I just quickly wanted to say make sure that you get out on Friday, July 26th into downtown Reedsburg. Check out the artists and musicians who are displaying and performing. Make it a point to go and visit as many places as you can and talk to the artists. They absolutely love that. It's the Ridiculous Art Crawl, downtown Reedsburg. It is a big deal, if you ask me. ArtsLink Reedsburg is where you're going to find out information. Go to the Facebook page, ArtsLink, A-R-T-S-L-I-N-K, Reedsburg enjoy yourselves this is a quick podcast by our standards anyway there's more to come so keep that open keep your mind open keep your ears open keep your eyes open for us and we'll see you real soon